Welcome to Chi Alpha at Texas Tech University. The messages in this podcast were designed to encourage you and to challenge you in your walk with Jesus. We're so excited that you're here, and we hope that this message will help you to better fight for God's kingdom with us. Great to be here. I'm going to speak a half an hour, and then we're going to uh, have uh, time for you to respond and pray and come to the altar or pray together in your small groups. And I sure don't want, our, and if you your first time here and you say, well, what is this like? Uh, just relax. This is a safe place. This is where the presence of God is. And uh, I'm glad that every one of you are here tonight. My, my, my. Uh, I'm thinking of the offering that you just gave. And that's incredible what, how you've sacrificed and how you've given. But I remember a friend of mine named David Grant, and he said, I remember when I was a young guy, and they had these great big round plates with kind of a red cloth in the middle or purple. And uh, they were passing the plates through. And I was on the aisle, and I, I took the plate, and I put it down on the floor, and I stood in it. That's the offering God wants. All of you. So thank you for your giving. Thank you for uh, the spirit with which you gave. But put the plate on the floor and step into the plate. That's what he wants from you. And that's what he gave to you. And all praise and glory and honor to God. Thank you, Pastor, for letting us use the church that you're the shepherd of and how you welcome the students. And of course, I can only visualize this thing overfilled, just overfilled with students that have come here to meet with God. We Meeting with God. Meeting with God. Uh, we came here uh, to have fellowship, and we have phenomenal time of, of music and worship, and we're to worship him in spirit and in truth. We're to really believe what we sing and sing it with uh, honesty. But when you walk in those doors, you're meeting with God. So nobody leaves the same that you walked in. Because you're not here to hear me or any other speaker you're here to meet the Almighty God. So, however you came tonight, leave your burdens at the altar. Leave your fear and your, and, and your concern here. If you don't know God to be your God, then you need to find him. If you need to be filled with his Holy Spirit and his power, and all that he wants to offer to you, he is here to give you that. If you are sick and you want to be healed, you need to say to people around you, pray for me. I need a touch in my body. God heals. I uh, am running already against time, so I'm just uh, passing through the stories that are in my head right now, and we'll go to the PowerPoint. But... You never come together in your small group or at, at any kind of meeting where you have said God will be there 
and we're meeting for that purpose, to be with God. Uh, it's the same. Just, just know that. And don't expect that. So it would help if you would pray. If you'd kneel down and pray before you come. To any time you come to a Chi Alpha meeting, to a church meeting, and prepare yourself and say, God, fill me with faith. Fill me with anticipation that you're going to work. And perhaps you'll even use me. So when I prepare to come to church, I pray with my wife. And I say, now, Lord, we're going we're to worship you. And you know what God said to me? Do you want to know, John, how to worship me? I'll tell you how. He said, love everybody in that church. It's not just the songs. It's just, not just the emotions of what you feel. And God said, you want to worship me? Then you go there and love everybody in that church. That's not so easy to do. So you need God's help to be able to do that, every one of us. So that means that what my mom did was what uh, Pastor Murdoch's family probably did, or even they do. And a mom always made a bigger pot of beef stew and potatoes and carrots and onions and a typical Wisconsin Sunday dinner. And I'd say, why are you making so much food, mom? And she'd say, John, why? Because whoever is visitors at the church today, they'll be at our table. So in those olden days, we ate at home. There wasn't, uh, fr I, franchise is a new term, not to you, but to us. And I remember the first McDonald's, we drove 60 miles to it. <laughs> 10 cent fries, 15 cent shakes, 15 cent hamburgers, etc. And But my mom every week cooked extra food because she was going to invite the visitors. Well. Some of the incredible drunkenness people in the city got gloriously saved by the power of God through Jesus Christ. And my goodness, during the week, about 11.30, they would pull into our driveway. And it was a pretty regular habit. And I'm a younger guy, and I'm saying, tell those people to stay away. They always show up at mealtime. She said, it's okay, John. It's okay. This won't last forever, but they're welcome. And then they would come just about the time it was time to eat during the week. You see, it's one thing to do the singing. And it's one thing to feel what you feel here. But then there's tomorrow. And there's opportunities for every single one of us to be a missionary. You uh, Don't call me ever a hero. The only hero is Jesus Christ. Because every one of you will have opportunity, if you want to take it, to in the name of the Lord, with his provision, if your heart is full, and big, and bigger, and bigger, to serve. You just ask God, how can, how can you use me, Lord, and get ready. Because he'll, he'll show up real fast. And you'll find in that what you've been looking for. You're not looking inward as to what, what's in it for me. You're saying, how can I serve, and how can I love, and how can I help? And if you can't come up with anything, you just go talk to that great big man back there who has a heart as big as a city, and he'll show you what to do. And you know who I'm referring to. Okay, next slide. We bring glory to God. Here we are. Isn't this great? May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine. We all want that. And he's there to do that. And this is the prayer. 
Well, what's the outcome of that? Well, when that happens in our lives, then you have a story to tell. You have a biblical story to tell, and you have a personal story to tell. And you each have a story if you found God, every one of you, and you need to share that story. But take time to be a good listener and listen to what people have to say as well. I try to be a good listener. And I'm amazed how often people say, thank you for listening to me. Just out of the blue, I'll say, tell me about your wedding day. And I've had people just stop in our tracks and their mouth fell open. And they said, no one ever in our life, and they have been married 50 years, has asked us about our wedding day. And boom. And I thought, where did that idea come to ask some friends of mine that are very reserved people about their wedding day? And I thought, that's the Holy Spirit trying to use me and speak through me. God is all the time trying to speak through you. And he, he's just trying because he, he sent his spirit to be with every one of us in every place tonight, all over the world where people are gathering. God is so great that if seven billion people sent a prayer up to the throne of grace, he would act as if it was his only prayer. He, he's capable of that. So friends, God's already bald-headed because he's pulled all his hair out trying to get through to you. So man, oh man, just, 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 just obey and just listen and expect and see what God will do. So make your ways, may your ways, God, be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O oh God. May all the peoples praise you. Wow, seven billion people. Next slide. Here I am in a country out in Asia that's really, really big. And, that's, and, and I'm taking these pictures. And that's called a fat Buddha. That's the name. This is an idol that millions of people bow down and worship. You can see the cushions there. And they, there, there's guys here in the foreground that you can't quite see. But there's people steadily coming there with burning jaw sticks. And they're praying to the Buddha. And the picture on the right are baby Buddhas. And they're trying to contextualize and help young people be trained to pray to eventually the fat or the skinny Buddha, depending on the temple. And then it says in Isaiah 44, hey, people of Israel, you get to stick a wood here. And part of it you cut off and you burn to stay warm and you take off another piece of this wood from the same piece and you cook and you cook your meat and you eat so you stay warm, you cook your, you cook your food and then the other part you take and you make it into an idol. And, and, uh, and it's the same piece of wood. And like, like the prophet Isaiah is saying, what are you doing? So what kind of idols do we have? What are the idols that we have in our day and age? And it goes on to say, and they, and they carve it out, and they measure it out. They can't see, they can't hear, and, and, and he's trying to point out to them. This is a pretty confrontative chapter, like a lot of chapters of prophets. You wouldn't want to just volunteer to be a prophet. That wouldn't be a good job. You would not be a popular person. What's our idols today? Where is your mind? What do you think about? What do you do in your 24-hour time span of a day? How does it divide up? What do you do at that time? 
How much of that time is spent thinking about God? Do you want to think about God? How much time do you spend reading the Word? Do you love reading the Word? I had a little trouble answering that when a 93-year-old man named Don McCurry asked a class that I was in. And he said, I love. My favorite thing to do if I have spare time, I read the Word. And then he looked at us younger, younger people, you people that are, are candidates going out to the Middle Eastern world, and he said, and how about you? And with a big smile, and it's as quiet as quiet could be. And I drove home that day and I said, Lord, I don't love the word that way. I don't love it like Don McCurry. Lord, help me. And the Lord said, and God said, I've been waiting for you to ask. I'll help you. And he did, and he has. So my goal now is to read the Bible through twice in a year. I'm not up to reading it in two months like my son-in-law. Do you know how many chapters you need to read each day to read the Bible through in a year? Well, if you don't know that, we're already, already the alarm bell's going off. Whoa! Then we're not sp spending a whole lot of time thinking about this subject. This is a revelation of God, the Word of God. So it's three chapters, Monday through Saturday, and five on Sunday. And if you'll do that, you'll read the Bible through in a year. How much do you love the Word of God? So we're standing here, and my wife said, Whoa, I'm feeling such a spiritual oppression here. We need to move. I thought, wow. And she said, let's, let's, let's just get out of here. There's stuff not to mess with. There's a, there, if, if we had a, a bunch of African people in here, uh, and I would be talking this way, they'd be nodding their head and they'd say, I know full well what you're talking about. But we in the Enlightenment area, where we decided we didn't need God anymore in our equation, in Kant and Rousseau and David Hume and Freud, etc., etc., and all of a sudden God was not a factor in uh, the world scene. And it's been accelerating towards its destruction in a greater and greater pace. Look at the news today. We're having a mass killing every week. This was never like that 10 years ago, five years ago. Now you live with that. And these people are terrified running into houses across the street, did you read it? Just pounding on the door and people are letting in a house full of kids. And they said, I never thought it would come, but I always feared it might come to our school. And it could come to your school. It could come to your Walmart besides El Paso. My friends, you are the light of the world. You might stand someday and shield other people and die for it. Because Christ is in you. But the moment you said yes to Jesus, your eternal life began. It's a guarantee. You have a blazing hope. Now back to the presence of God. One more minute. i got to share that. And it's already, I only have 15 minutes left. So my mother, as she's growing up, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you call those people Pentecostal. She come from a Lutheran church. My dad came from a Baptist church. And they were not married yet. And they got, they got this Holy Spirit was falling in, in the 19th century. It's like unprecedented how many hundreds of, million, hundreds of millions of people uh, came into all over the world the, the age of the Spirit. We live in the age of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. 
And so they would pray all night above a restaurant. And she'd work all day in a bookkeeping a, 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 a credit department of a sh department store in central Wisconsin where I'm from. And then she'd walk down the side, she'd walk down the sidewalk to her, the store to work. And this restaurant was downtown, about four blocks walk, five blocks. And she'd meet people and they'd look at her and say, where have you been? Your face is glowing. Where have you come from? Oh, she'd been praying all night. I said, weren't you tired, Mom, when you went to work? She said, no, not at all. I said, you dealt with figures all day long and you just didn't sleep all night? No, we did, we, we did that really often. I didn't ask her how often, but really often. So one time they got a little loud, which sometimes you can do when you're lost in the presence of God and you're so full of gratitude and praise and worship and you kind of forget. And so the restaurant called the police. So the police came and they went up the stairway because funny, it was an upper room <laughs> above a restaurant. And, and all of a sudden, down came the police down, pretty white-faced. And the restaurant people said, hey, uh, what, did you what, what, what did you come down so fast for? And they said, there's angels at the top of the stairway. I hope people come to your, this church. I hope they come to your small group. I hope they come to your house. I hope they come in. I hope people walk in this church door like a friend of mine who's on 11 corporate boards, who's a president of 37 factories, is a CEO of a, a publicly stock exchange company, and he found Jesus Christ, and he was from a background of a church that you'd all know in this room, and he realized it didn't have what he was looking for anymore. And he gave up on that church, and he had six kids because he was a good member of that church. And, and uh, finally, he gave up hunting for a church, looking, looking, looking. And his wife, the mom, didn't give up. And finally, one day, she said, so-and-so, I have found a church. Come with me next Sunday. He had given up. She was still looking. And he said, we walked in Assemblies of God Church. And the presence of God was so convicting. I said, this is it. I would like to think that people will walk in the doors of this church or any church and say the same thing just by walking in the doors of the church. Can we pray that way? So that we can absolutely fill this whole place and we can have two or three meetings like they do at UTSA. Next slide. Well, Let's read the verse in the bottom, and we'll go back to the top. But you are a chosen people. This is us. I know this is written in an era just after Pentecost by a guy who was like water. He was a guy that was not a rock. He was a guy that denied Jesus. He had the gift of a big mouth, and his name was Peter. And he's always in trouble with his mouth. So that's a comforting, because we, we know people like that too, including us. But here he is as an elder. As a, as a man filled with the Holy Spirit who could preach and thousands would be saved. And he went from a de de denier to a public proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're a chosen people. I'm talking to you now. A royal priesthood. You're a holy people. A people belonging to God. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his 
not any old light, his wonderful light. That's us. That, that's, that's us. You're just beginning your journey through life. The potential you have of what God wants to do with you in Lubbock or wherever he may send you is it unbelievable. Let's go on to the next, like, next slide. Well, here I am. Can you see me in that picture? I'm standing there with my arms wide open. I'm inviting you to come to this country and teach English. Do you see me way down there at the bottom of that steps? I'm way down there on the right-hand side of that thing in the middle. And I got my arms stretched out wide, and I'm saying, come, come and teach English in this building. Come join the people that are there from southern Missouri that have been there 11 years and are fluent in Chinese, and, and they have the marvelous opportunity. Come to the other two ladies that are in the city, ladies. Where in the world are the men? We need men. Who was at the cross when Jesus is being crucified? The ladies. Where's the men? Spirit of God, speak tonight. There's five universities in this city. And there's 15 more on the outskirts of the city in a new, a new enclave. 15 universities, 19 universities in the city. And they need desperately English teachers. And this country could use thousands of English teachers. And you could teach English with any degree. Take a TESOL course you can take here in night school for two weeks. You can take it online. And you contact that lady, Ginny at naoffice.org. And I'll meet you over in this country. You are needed. And I pray tonight, God, that you will call people in this sanctuary to this country. The mission of God is to bring glory to his name. God the Father sent, is sending the Son. The Father and the Son are sent the Spirit. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are sending the church into the world. And mission is seen as a movement from God to the world. And the church, that's you and I, are viewed as an instrument for that mission. I just wrote this sitting here tonight, and I hope it all is theological correct, and it's good, and I trust the Holy Spirit had me write it. He is a God that made us in his image. That is radical news to Muslim people. He desired fellowship with us. But we made a different choice, Adam and Eve, and they wanted to be God. But despite of all of this and the fact that he had to drive them out of the Garden of Eden and out of his presence, he made a covenant. He initiated the covenant with Abraham, and he called a people to be his own. They wouldn't need a king. He would be their king. But they weren't satisfied. So he sent a series of judges. And that didn't work. And despite his great grace and mercy, they rebelled. And the problem for the children of Israel was he, he let them have lands and crops and property and prosperity, and they couldn't handle it. 
And they fled really quickly, even at Mount Sinai, when Moses went, of all things, up to get the law and talk to God face to face. And it just took that short amount of time for them to do a flip-flop. And then Aaron to come back, and Moses said, What are you doing? Well, we just threw this into the fire, and out came... Did you think Moses was an idiot? I mean, do you think about what that... Do you think about what you're reading? Do you ever stop and say, Holy Spirit, expand this on me? Help me to visualize this? And Moses was so angry, what did he do? He ground that calf up into powder they made out of gold. Where did the gold come? God's blessing. And he made him drink it. And he smashed them. He smashed the Ten Commandments. And, and, then, and then he says, I'm through these people. And God said, I am too. But then Moses said incredible words. Blot my name out of the book, not theirs. Take me and save them. What are you made out of? This is real serious stuff. You didn't have any idea what you're walking into when you found Chi Alpha. Because Chi Alpha means ambassadors of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And God entrusts, entrusts, he says, and I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. Entrust, I give to you this message of reconciliation. Be reconciled people of this world to the creator God who created you in his image and he even died for you. And then he sends his spirit. Has the governor of Texas invited you to come and hang out with him? No, I think he wants your tax money and your vote. And the God of the universe says, I want you to live with me forever. Do you think about that? That's incomprehensible. That there's a God that would say things like that. No other gods out there do that. The others are demanding with rules and regulations, and they function by fear. And this God functions through mercy and grace in his blood that was poured out. Does that doesn't mean anything to you. You just go to India, like I have, and you see an altar with the flies crawling all over it, and the smell of the blood and the sacrifice, and you're looking at a freshly sacrificed uh, something that was alive and has been killed. And you look at that blood there and you go, ooh, ooh, and, and the Holy Spirit said, yeah, I did that for you. Boy, that was a moment for me in Calcutta, India. Holy Spirit, come and speak. So they rebelled and he sent his prophets to warn them, warn them and ultimately... He did the most drastic action possible, God, and he sent his very own son, Jesus. <coughs> Next slide. So God is a calling and ascending God. So I'm not going to read all that because I'm running out of time, but here's these people. I took this out of a book by Christopher Wright. This is not my research, and this is what they did. And at the bottom below Paul and Barnabas, we can put our names. We're being sent. Friends, you are being sent. You thought you had your life all figured out? 
Not if you're God's child. Not if he's God. Not if Jesus is not just fire insurance from hell. Savior. But if he's Lord, you didn't know what you were walking into. And he gives you the gift of free will to decide in what direction that you want to go. What you want to choose. What does the call of God look like? You prepare yourself. You have your spiritual eyes and ears open. I'm going to read the notes because this is my last slide. I'm reading from a book by Elizabeth Elliot called A Slow and Certain Light by Elizabeth Elliot on the guidance of God. And she writes, Being a widow lady whose husband and four other men were speared to death on a remote river in Ecuador by the Alca Indians. It made the front page of the United States news. I remember it. And they were martyred for Christ. And her and another one of the widows, Rachel Saint, went back to these jungles and found and led their husband's murderers to Jesus Christ. That's only God in somebody. That's the only way possible. And here's what she writes. He cannot make his will known unless you're listening. And nine times out of ten, the call comes through human beings. That's the way it happened most of the time in the Bible. He generally leads us during our ordinary lives. And when we're obedient to the things we know, then God can get our attention to show us the things we don't know. And you can see the need in a variety of ways, through a dream, a sermon, a talk with someone, news, intercession. And the more you feel inadequate, she writes, the more he can be glorified, if you're willing to be trained and to go. So begin with a willingness and then look for faith and obedience. These are the people being called. He will make you competent. He will equip you. The question is, are you willing to go? Do you see a need that could be in this city, that could be in the town you're from, that could be anywhere in the hundreds of countries in the world? Are you capable and willing to respond to that need? In a very comforting verse, we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're simply jars of clay. We simply obey imperfect as we are, but willing. You see, like a jar of clay, and I read this in a book, you put a thousand-watt light bulb in a, in, a, in a clay jar. You stick a thousand-watt light bulb in there, and, and, and it will be so bright that all the cracks and imperfections, um, we're ready for worship, all the cr uh, cracks and impressions can uh, will all be seen, and that's you and I. That's you and I. Or jars of clay. I am, you are. I'm going to read you a story, and then I'm going to call you to prayer. You hear a knock on the door. You open the door, and there's Jesus. But something's different. He's not like the paintings you've seen of him. Instead, he's standing there wearing a backpack. And he said, 
I'd like to come in for just a few minutes. I don't have long. I'm on the move, but we need to talk. So I invite him in. He may roam through a few of the rooms making observations about the dust of disarray, but you can tell there's something else on his mind. And he invites you to sit down with him in the living room. And he reaches in his backpack and he pulls out a Bible and a map of the world. First, he goes through the Bible, talking to you about the purposes of God that stretch back to the call of Abraham and before. Purposes that kept in view all the nations. Redemptive purposes to cover the earth with the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the sea. He talks to you about what he has done to bring those purposes to victory and fulfillment, making peace by his blood shed on the cross. He tells you that all things on earth will be summed up in him. And then he unrolls his world map, and he talks to you about various places in the world where there are people who have not yet heard this wonderful message, who have not yet met him. And he shares his burden for the world's situation as it currently stands, and for all he wants to do about it through his church. And then he closes his Bible. He rolls up the map. He sticks them both into his backpack. And he looks at you. He said, now, I'd like you to find your backpack. Search your rooms of your house. Pack up the things you're sure you'll need to follow me right to the ends of the earth. And then come. So you pick out the food, the reading material, the clothes, the things in your life that are absolutely essential to follow Christ to the ends of the earth, wherever he wants to go. You want to be with him in whatever he wants to do. So in light of what he has just shown you in his book and on his map. And before you can fill your backpack, you notice he's already standing at the front door. He's on his way out. You load the bundle on your back and you head out the front door. And you turn to shut the door. And as you turn to shut that door, you throw away the key because you're never coming back. You're not coming back. I'm leaving that behind. I'm following you, Jesus. Stand. Now it's your turn. The Holy Spirit speaking. Now it's you. So find your small group. Find the altar. Toss the keys on the sofa, on the couch. Say, I'm not coming back. Come. 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 This meeting's not over. For some of you, it's just beginning. Come to the altar. You got a small group? Get in your small group. You'll know how to pray. You will know how to pray. I'll get out of your way here. Just keep coming.
It's up to you, folks. It's up to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Texas Tech Chi Alpha. For more information, you can visit our website at ttuxa.org. Baby.